Dun, da, da, da. Wow. Day number 62. Good morning, everyone. Hey. Or good evening, if you're finishing your day, but most of you listen to us early in the morning. This is Chip and Eric read through the Bible. The Bible. The Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, I heard that's the book. That is the book for me. And me too. Yeah. Yeah? No. So we had this idea to read through the Bible, and and you guys decided to join us. And if you're new, welcome. Um, we are reading through um, the scripture um, chronologically. Chronologically. Yeah. That chrono- means by color. Okay. Chronologically. And um, we are enjoying it. And we're glad you're going through it with us. Yeah, and also enjoying it. Yeah, and enjoying it, hopefully. You're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. And today we are going to do three chapters. Today is numbers 18, 19, and 20. Yeah, so two days ago, God said, listen, this is a rebellious generation. You're not going to enter the land that I promised, but your kids will. And then yesterday, the uh, very predictable result of that, there was a big rebellion. People were mad and blamed Moses. Yeah. But um, it was Korah's fault. It, yeah, right. The, the rebellion was Korah's fault, <laughs> yeah, for right. sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, Korah got eaten alive by the earth along with his family. So yeah. not a lot of people can say that. No. <laughs> and, and so that rebellion was squashed. But yeah. this, is, this generation is going to be increasingly ornery with uh, Moses. And actually, so today, yeah. we are going to read Chip. One of the saddest chapters in all the Bible. So, okay. Numbers chapter 18. Duties of priests and Levites. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You, your sons, and your relatives from the tribe of Levi will be held responsible for any offenses related to the sanctuary. But you and your sons alone will be held responsible for violations connected with the priesthood. Bring your relatives of the tribe of Levi, your ancestral tribe, to assist you and your sons as you perform the sacred duties in front of the tabernacle of the covenant. But as the Levites go about all their assigned duties at the tabernacle, they must be careful not to go any near any of the sacred objects of the altar. If they do, both you and they will die. The Levites must join you in fulfilling their responsibilities for the care and the maintenance of the tabernacle, but no unauthorized person may assist you. You yourselves must perform the sacred duties inside the sanctuary and at the altar. If you follow these instructions, the Lord's anger will never again blaze against the people of Israel. I myself have chosen your fellow Levites from among the Israelites to be your special assistants. They are a gift to you dedicated to the Lord for service in the tabernacle. But you and your sons, the priests, must personally handle all the priestly rituals associated with the altar and everything behind the inner curtain. I'm giving you the the priesthood as your special privilege of service. Any unauthorized person who comes too near the sanctuary will be put to death. Support for the priest and the Levites. The Lord gave these further instructions to Aaron. I myself have put you in charge of all the holy offerings that are brought to me by the people of Israel. I've given all these consecrated offerings to you and your sons as your permanent share. You are allotted the portion of the most holy offerings that is not burned on the fire. The portion of all the most holy offerings, including the grain offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings, will be most holy. And it belongs to you and your sons. You must eat it as a most holy offering. All the males may eat of it, and you may treat it, must treat it as most holy. All the sacred offerings and special offerings presented to me when the Israelites lift them up before the altar also belong to you. I have given them to you and to your sons and daughters as your permanent share. Any member of your family who is ceremonially clean may eat of these offerings. I also give you the harvest gifts brought by the people as offerings to the Lord. 
the best of the olive oil, new wine, and grain. All the first crops of their land that the people present to the Lord belong to you. Any member of your family who is ceremonially clean may eat this food. Everything in Israel that is specially set apart for the Lord also belongs to you. The firstborn of every mother, whether human or animal, that is offered to the Lord will be yours. But you must always redeem your firstborn sons and the firstborn of ceremonially unclean animals. Redeem them when they are one month old. The redemption price is five pieces of silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel, which equals 20 garas. However, you may not redeem the firstborn of cattle, sheep, or goats. They are holy and have been set apart for the Lord. Sprinkle their blood on the altar and burn their fat as a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The meat of these animals will be yours, just like the breast and right thigh that are presented by lifting them up as a special offering before the altar. Yes, I am giving you all these holy offerings that the people of Israel bring to the Lord. They are for you and your sons and daughters to be eaten as your permanent share. This is an eternal and unbreakable covenant between the Lord and you, and it also applies to your descendants. And the Lord said to Aaron, You priests will receive no allotment of land or share of property among the people of Israel. I am your share and your allotment. As for the tribe of Levi, your relatives, I will compensate them for their service in the tabernacle. Instead of an allotment of land, I'll give them the tithes from the entire land of Israel. From now on, no Israelites except priests or Levites may approach the tabernacle. If they come too near, they will be judged guilty and will die. Only the Levites may serve at the tabernacle, and they will be held responsible for any offenses against it. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. The Levites will receive no allotment of land among the Israelites, because I have given them the Israelites' tithes, which have been presented as sacred offerings to the Lord. This will be the Levites' share. That is why I said they would receive no allotment of land among the Israelites. The Lord also told Moses, Give these instructions to the Levites. When you receive from the people of Israel the tithes I've assigned as your allotment, give a tenth of the tithes you receive, a tithe of the tithe, to the Lord as a sacred offering. The Lord will consider this offering to be your harvest offering, as though it were the first grain from your own threshing floor or wine from your own wine press. You must present one-tenth of the tithe received from the Israelites as a sacred offering to the Lord. This is the Lord's sacred portion, and you must present it to Aaron the priest. Be sure to give to the Lord the best portions of the gifts given to you. Also, give these instructions to the Levites. When you present the best part of your offering, it will be considered as though it came from your own threshing floor or wine press. You Levites and your families may eat this food anywhere you wish, for it is your compensation for serving in the tabernacle. You will not be considered guilty for accepting the Lord's tithes if you give the best portion to the priests. But be careful not to treat the holy gifts of the people of Israel as though they were common. If you do, you will die. Numbers chapter 19, the water of purification. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, here's another legal requirement commanded by the Lord. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer, a perfect animal that has no defects and has never been yoked to a plow. Give it to Eleazar the priest and it will be taken outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. Eleazar will take some of its blood on his finger and sprinkle it seven times toward the front of the tabernacle. As Eleazar watches, the heifer must be burned. (laughs) It's hide, meat, blood, and dung. Eleazar, the priest, must then take a stick of cedar, a hyssop branch, and some scarlet yarn, throw them into the fire where the heifer is burning. Then the priest must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water. Afterward, he may return to the camp, though he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. The man who burns the animal must also wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and he too will remain unclean until evening. Then someone who is ceremonially clean will gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them in a purified place outside the camp. 
They will be kept there for the community of Israel to use in the water for the purification ceremony. This ceremony is performed for the removal of sin. The man who gathers up the ashes of the heifer must also wash his clothes, and he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. This is a permanent law for the people of Israel and any foreigners who live among them. All those who touch a dead human body will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. They must purify themselves on the third and seventh days with the water purification. Then they'll be purified, but if they do not do this on the third and seventh days, they'll continue to be unclean even after the seventh day. All those who touch a dead body and do not purify themselves in the proper way to defile the Lord's tabernacle, and they will be cut off from the community of Israel. Since the water purification was not sprinkled on them, their defilement continues. This is the ritual law that applies when someone dies inside a tent. All those who enter that tent and those who were inside when the death occurred will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. Any open container in the tent that was not covered with a lid is also defiled. And if someone in an open field touches the corpse of someone who was killed with a sword or who died a natural death, or if someone touches a human bone or a grave, that person will be defiled for seven days. To remove the defilement, put some of the ashes from the burnt purification offering in a jar and pour fresh water over them. Then someone who is a ceremonially clean must take a hyssop branch and dip it into the water. That person must sprinkle the water on the tent and all the furnishings in the tent and on the people who were in the tent. Also on the person who touched a human bone or touched someone who was killed or who died naturally or touched a grave. On the third and seventh days, a person who is ceremonially clean must sprinkle the water on those who are defiled. Then on the seventh day, the people being cleansed must wash their clothes and bathe themselves. In that evening, they will be cleansed of their defilement. But those who become defiled and do not purify themselves will be cut off from the community, for they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. Since the water of purification has not been sprinkled on them, they remain defiled. This is a permanent law for the people. Those who sprinkle the water of purification must afterward wash their clothes, and anyone who then touches the water used for purification will remain defiled until evening. Anything and anyone that a defiled person touches will be ceremonially unclean until evening. Numbers chapter 20, Moses strikes the rock. In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at, their, camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of all of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die, along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle, where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his staff and struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. This place was known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing. 
because there the people of Israel argued with the Lord, and there he demonstrated his holiness among them. Edom refuses Israel's passage. While Moses was at Kadesh, he sent ambassadors to the king of Edom with this message. This is what your relatives, the people of Israel, say. You know all the hardships we've been through. Our ancestors went down to Egypt, and we lived there a long time, and we and our ancestors were brutally mistreated by the Egyptians. But when we cried out to the Lord, he heard us and sent an angel who brought us out of Egypt. Now we are camped at Kadesh, a town on the border of your land. Please let us travel through your land. We will be careful not to go through your fields and vineyards. We won't even drink water from your wells. We will stay on the king's road and never leave it until we have passed through your territory. But the king of Edom said, Stay out of my land, or I will meet you with an army. The Israelites answered, We will stay on the main road. If our livestock drink your water, we will pay for it. Just let us pass through your country. That's all we ask. But the king of Edom replied, Stay out. You may not pass through our land. With that, he mobilized his army, marched out against them with an imposing force. Because Edom refused to allow Israel to pass through their country, Israel was forced to turn around. The death of Aaron. The whole community of Israel left Kadesh and arrived at Mount Hor. There, on the border of the land of Edom, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, The time has come for Aaron to join his ancestors in death. He will not enter the land I am giving the people of Israel, because the two of you rebelled against my instructions concerning the water at Meribah. Now take Aaron and his son Eleazar up Mount Hor. There you will remove Aaron's priestly garments and put them on Eleazar, his son. Aaron will die there and join his ancestors. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. The three of them went up Mount Hor together as the whole community watched. As at the summit, Moses removed the priestly garments from Aaron, put them on Eleazar, Aaron's son. Then Aaron died there on top of the mountain, and Moses and Eleazar went back down. When the people realized that Aaron had died, all Israel mourned for him 30 days. The end. There you go. The end. So you call this the saddest? One of the saddest one chapters. One of the saddest chapters. Yeah, not the saddest. One, one of, of the saddest chapters in all the Bible. I believe that. Yep. Because you have, I'm guessing, this this hero, this this Moses. Two of them. And Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because of um, disobedience. Yeah. Moses once again lets his anger get the best of him. Yeah. They weren't allowed to lead the people into the promised land. Yeah. He leads them. Well, I won't get to that, but he's not allowed to enter the promised land. Can't enter. Right. Take some do, but not not in. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So you have one of the the most popular, one of the most popular people in all the Bible um, uh, not allowed to enter the promised land. Yeah. Because of disobedience. Yeah. Which stems from anger. Yeah. You know, and uh, he just let the anger get the best of him and was triggered and made some bad choices. How many... Bad choices have you and I made. We've been triggered. Well, you want me? I just, just should I count them up? Should I tell them up? <laughs> Man, and I got to tell you, you know, um, knowing your triggers is very important. Yeah. But it's knowing them and in responding to them is another thing. Yeah. I know sure. my triggers, and just the other day, it was tripped by someone. I knew it was a possibility. It was tripped. I lost it. And I, you know, I, I confessed it to the Lord mm-hmm. the next day. And, you know, luckily I'm still eating and I'm still a part. Of, right, right. <laughs> it wasn't crazy, uh, but still it was crazy for me and I'm very ashamed of it. And a lot of us are that way where, you know, somebody um, 
trips our trigger and we get we get triggered and angered and we just lose it. And we know it's wrong. We know it's not right. We know what God says. Like Moses knew what he was supposed to do, yet he just became so angry and he lost it. And there was consequences for it. And yeah. he had to pay the price for that. And you and I do as well. And and so I think it's just being aware of those triggers, those potentials, possibilities. Mm-hmm. And, and again, not just being aware, but but I think back, or I think to um, Ephesians, where um, uh, the battle, it, it, you know, we're, we're in the battle, and it's the armor of God mm-hmm. that we constantly need to put on because it's that one moment where we don't access or, or use it or put it on, and we just can lose it, and it can really, it can really be hurtful and, yeah. and damaging to someone. So um, just be aware, be alert, and be diligent because there's going to be people that are going to flip your switch trigger you yeah it's gonna happen and and the where's jesus builds right off of that so i'm gonna roll right into it you know i Mm -hmm. think um one thing that we underestimate when we let our sin issues get the best of us whether Mm -hmm. it's you know something we're triggered by or whatever one thing that we underestimate i think is the um the pain that we cause god um and and uh that is true so god looks at this man that he's ordained and chosen to lead this nation and he says go talk to that rock and it will give you water uh yeah. moses's anger if it, it rages against the people of israel yeah. and he strikes the rock and then we see this very harsh punishment come out of that and it's not until thousands of years later in the new testament when we're reading in first corinthians chapter 10 yeah. that uh you know and, and paul here in first corinthians is trying to teach the Corinthians about lessons that can be learned from Israel's history. Yeah. And he says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food. All of them drank the sp- same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. And so one thing that we look at here is, you know, the provision, all of this stuff that was provided to them, whether it was the manna, the quail, the, you know, the light from the fire and, and you know, all that stuff. And now we see water mm. that God was present in that rock. It was God present in that rock. Mm. And so it wasn't, mm. Moses was not meant to strike God. No. And yet he did. Right. And, um, you know, so we, we kind of underestimate how much our, our, mistakes our sins whether intentional or unintentional you know as a a differentiate here in numbers we underestimate how much that hurts god Mm. so where is christ in this passage he's Mm. the victim of Mm. moses's anger and Mm. and besides Mm. besides moses not making it into the promised land Mm. everyone else Mm. in this passage benefits from moses's anger and him assaulting god Everyone gets the water, the livestock, yeah, drink, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And it's the same. You mm. know, Christ can yeah. – that, that same pattern carries mm. forward good. in history where good. we nailed him to a cross. Yeah. And everyone but him, mm. everyone but him yeah. Benefits. benefited from yeah, it. That's good. So that's where that's Jesus is in that passage. I love it. I love it. That is so good. Saddest – one of the saddest – so far the saddest chapter we've read. One of the saddest in the whole Bible. Yeah. You know, you just – you got to feel for the it's guy, true. you know. Yeah, it's very, so. very sobering. Um, yeah, and it's a good reminder. So, thank you guys for joining us thank today. You all. We hope you have a great day have a good today, day, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Okay.